switch off in uh, Engels too. No problem. Home, no problem. And this is just purely because I also want to say everything that we say, I can cut. And if we say something horrible, very racist. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell my like, feel free to talk about ex- absolutely everything you want to. If there's something in the end where you go like, mm, I shouldn't have said that. Don't worry, that's I great. can cut it out. We can listen to it again. And Perfect. That's uh, that's one of the things. But I still have not had anybody be so extremely racist <laughs> or, or, so, or so extremely offensive that I had to cut out something. Until now, everybody has been cool about it and has talked normally. And that's okay. the idea. Let's hope we keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it as clean as possible. Also, for all the children listening, exactly. <laughs> there might be the word fuck or shit in, at some point. <laughs> but please don't, we don't mean it in a derogatory way at all. Um, Harun? Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for giving me the pleasure of talking with you and sitting here and uh, uh, getting an insight from somebody that has their own gym, that is working. That is working with a with a multiple time world champion belt holder. It's just fascinating to me. Also, the man that you are, that you're also working at the same time, and that you're doing jujitsu at the same time. So you're you're building up something amazing with your life. You're doing things with your life, you know. Yeah. And and that's that's something that I um, that I uh, inspire to talk to people like that because it also inspires other younger generations to you know to to, to have purpose and meaning in life and try to get the best out of the life try to get the best out of out of the short time we have here on earth you know thank you Uh, for inviting (laughs) oh yeah no no worries worries. my pleasure to have you here um let me let me get to the beginning of it because that's the usually the best way to start is how did you get to do jujitsu so i started uh, so i was a fat kid (laughs) <laughs> uh, when I was uh, in my teenage years um, and my uncles they always did kickboxing and yeah. they always told me you need to learn how to protect yourself maybe it's good to lose some weight so my uncle brought me to my first kickboxing class yeah. and I liked it I did some kickboxing like two three times a week uh, did some played some soccer on the side yeah. um, and then what is kid what is how, how we talk how old are we talking I was 15 15 yeah. right so Getting to the adult phase, but still a teen. So uh, that's the age where all our parents go like, yeah. "Yo, go do something, please." Yeah. <laughs> I was quite overweight. Uh-huh. Uh, I was not that healthy because I come from a Turkish culture. We get a lot of food at home. Uh, but my uncle always said, "You know, you need to protect yourself. Maybe it's a good idea to lose some weight." So brought mm-hmm. me to the class. I did that for like two years. So mm-hmm. I did a one kickboxing match as well. Hey. I was like pretty fat at the fight, a huge guy. But I went to a draw, so it was okay. <laughs> and then, um, and then I, I saw something on the internet about MMA, and basically that's how it started. So I saw, so I was on forums. I saw some news, some videos, yeah. and back then nobody, like a handful of people, would know what MMA was. Okay, this this feels like a really long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> what, what? How long? I think 2010, 11, okay. something like that. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's around the time where it uh, started popping up a lot yes. more everywhere. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I remember you had a, I had an Xbox, I had the UFC game with Brock Lesnar on it. Oh, so that, <laughs> that was UFC 1, right? I don't know, no, man. It was a long time ago. Yeah. I played the shit out of the game. <laughs> I was like, this ground stuff is really cool, you know. I need to do MMA as well. 
So then I found some uh, local gym that offered kickboxing and some MMA, yeah. uh, which was just, just perfect mm. for me at the time. Put on some gloves and then we just banged the shit out of each other. Went to the ground, didn't know anything. And then I went to an, uh, another gym and then I came into touch with uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So, right. so kickboxing, MMA, and then I came in touch with Jiu-Jitsu. And then I started training Jiu-Jitsu purely because I was interested in MMA. Yeah. So it started with the, with the... And that's something that you see a lot. People that go like, whoa, MMA is really cool. Yeah. Or me, people make the transition from kickboxing to MMA. And then they get to an MMA class and they're like, I think there's more to yes. this ground stuff. I, I don't know. It feels like I only know a little bit of what I'm doing. And there seems to be a lot more. Then you got into a jiu-jitsu gym, a proper one. Yep. Which one? Hands uh, Gracie. Hands Gracie. Yep. Amazing gym. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And after that, how long did you stay? Or how long did you... Was it... Was it uh, how was how was the... Um, how can I put this in the best way possible? Uh, how long did you stay there? How, how much did you... When did you decide, okay, now I'm purely doing jiu-jitsu? Do you remember that when you're going like... I might I might skip the rest and then just stay in jiu-jitsu or did you never stop doing the rest? I, I basically always did the rest as well so MMA, uh, kickboxing um, Yeah, uh, kept it up I always kept it up because that was my first love and, mm -hmm. but I, so when I was a white belt in jiu-jitsu I just trained for MMA I didn't know what I was doing at all yeah. I was just putting the gear on just trying to survive and roll and learn some stuff for the ground and when I got my blue belt that's when I got way more serious about jiu-jitsu then really mm. something triggered in me i started understanding concepts started understanding how difficult jiu-jitsu was how much deep dive you could do in terms of technique that's when my love for jiu-jitsu started developing yeah. but i will never stop kickboxing never stop doing it. i still do that to this day still try to train and keep up with the guys and that's such a shame. I think it's a, it's um, not a shame that you're doing kickboxing. Please, no, I'm sorry. But it's such a shame that other people don't have the same mentality. They just stick to that one sport. Yeah. And I'm like, no, well, you have to learn how to punch. You have to learn how to, you know, MMA and how to ground fight and stuff like that. And uh, I, it's maybe difficult for me because I like also MMA. I like kickboxing. I came from my, my background is Taekwondo, then boxing, then Muay Thai then somewhere later on I found jiu-jitsu you know? okay. it's like a, for me this is the latest part I'm doing I also took the deep dive in there <laughs> that got stuck in doing weird moves the whole time and stuff like that and that was that was for me the, the thing that really brought it together but then I started missing boxing because boxing is something that was always in my family and stuff mm -hmm. like that and because in the back of the mind I was like somehow some way or another I'm always doing this to be able to defend myself or defend others around me. Maybe not clearly in my head as I'm saying it right now, but back of my head was always thinking, dreaming scenarios that I'm sitting in a bank and what if like armed robbers came in right now? <laughs> I'll double like take down the first, then the second points the gun at me. <laughs> and like, it's not true. Like <laughs> I understood the more I did it, I was like, nah, I'm going to get shot in the face. <laughs> at yeah, least. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the moment I stand up, but that made it a little bit more for me. Like I need to know the other stuff as well. I need to know how, yeah. how this, this whole thing gets together. You went all the way from, and this is special because you went all the way from white to black belt. Yeah. That was, a, was it a decision that like you went to like, I need to get black belt or was it more of like, you no, let that I go? Mean, 
to be honest, I never cared about the belts, even when I was like blue, purple, brown. I yeah. never truly cared about getting the black belt. I was always cared about my own progress. I love the sport. I just mm. wanted to train. I just wanted to get better and make the people around me better, make the gym better, make the sport better. The people that I train with, the belt is just, and uh, it gives someone an identity, right? Yeah. When you're a purple belt, you are a purple. You are on. You put that label onto you, and I. It makes a lot of sense, of course. You know, when you get a black belt, it's something to be proud of. But for me personally, it was never the goal to just get a black belt and then that's it. For me, the goal is just progress. Just progress, get better, understand the, the sport. And that's something interesting you said, like the you you are defined by the identity of your belt. And that's true because as soon as somebody turns purple belt, their Instagram becomes purple. Yeah. Their Facebook <laughs> gets purple. <laughs> they have purple clothes. They like walking around and looking like pimps and stuff. And because it doesn't identify with your identity, but that means that your identity was stronger than the 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 purple belt that you had in a way. You know what? Yes, I mean? yes. What, what does it mean? I am a brown belt. It, the only thing it says is I am at a some a, a subjective level of jiu-jitsu. Yeah. That's it. it. When you get a black belt, it means so probably you're pretty good at jiu-jitsu, yeah. but it doesn't mean anything more than that. It doesn't make you a, a, a better human. It doesn't make give you superpowers. It's still your jiu-jitsu and you. That's, mm. that's what the black belt for me means. And I think this is a very interesting thing if we take a deep dive... Of, uh, if we go a little bit off topic from from the identity is like people especially here when you're a black belt people think like oh he's a black belt yeah i'm like the only thing that means to me is i'm pretty decent at jiu-jitsu that's <laughs> it i'm not a better human than you i'm not a better mathematician than you maybe you're probably good at a way a lot of other things uh, than me yeah. but i think people are always like oh he's a black belt yeah everything you- he says must be true you know yeah. like <laughs> No, just quit. Even like, I, I fucking love it when a blue belt comes to me and says like, hmm, I do it like this. Why do you do it like, like, like that? It, it makes you think, you know. Yeah. But he could also say, oh, this guy is a black belt. He passes the guard like that. Oh, yeah, it should be the only way. That must be the way. This person must yes. know everything about yes. everything. And that's, uh, that's, that's kind of a, it's for your own ego, it's really hard to... To, it was hard for me to shatter that emotion by other people but first when I got the black belt I was like I got a little bit depressed because I wanted to have it so bad because I was like this is the identification that I needed and this is the thing that I needed to be you know now now my worth went up you know as a human being so now I'm get so the moment I got it then I had it I was a week I was feeling amazing and after that week I was like but now <laughs> black and red coral belt what's that another 15 years no and I got a little bit lost in that sensation you know mm-hmm. and I also got I was very uncomfortable with other people coming to me and going like hey coach professor sensei because I was always the one that says that I was always the one that being like hey sensei I have a question and this yeah. and that and so and and um, that that breaking of other people's like look I'm just human I will make mistakes. I get burnt out from training too much. I, I, I'm not going to do every single technique right. I do the techniques how I, for how they work for me. And they might work for me. And if you do it in a way that is similar or works for you, and it works, it's legit. Do your thing. You know, I love it. Now we can look at it and we can, we can have a discussion. But no, we, we black belts are human. <laughs> Please. 
Please, we just trained a lot. <laughs> this is something. Um, it's to a certain point. It's not uncontrollable because it's what other people think of you. They yeah. see a black belt and they think. But I think in, in the way you behave, in the way you talk, you can like tackle that a little bit. You know, if you just tell people, "Hey, man, give me feedback. I'm interested. What do yeah. you do?" Uh, put you put that ego stuff aside. This is yeah. a very cliche thing to say. You know, leave yeah, the ego at the door. It's, it's hard. hard. We all it's have hard. it. I had, I, had a, I have this idea when like uh, because when I started doing that that part of it when I went back to like you give me feedback show me and like that black belt is so humble <laughs> so humble and I'm like yeah I'm the humblest black belt <laughs> I'm so humble it's hard to be humble and not arrogant at the same time to be truly humble <coughs> is a is an insane thing it's it's insane yeah. in this this situation but and there aren't many black now nah, wait I say this now because my mind is still in 10 years ago mm-hmm. because nowadays there's a lot so the project I had with this podcast was like I was I'm going to talk to every single black belt in the Netherlands I'm like I'll have about 50 it's up there it's like 200 and something now <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people yeah, are yeah. keeping up yeah. <laughs> people yeah, are keeping up and it's beautiful man it is beautiful but then the black belt came you kept training everything and suddenly somewhere there combat brothers emerged and it it's something that 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 was created by you. Um, let me let me see. Are you are the head coach of Combat Brothers together with uh, Renier, or is it all yours, or is it all his? And what's the what's the? It's are you both together? We we do we do it together. Yeah, awesome. I'm more in a coaching role though. He's more the yeah one of the most famous competitors from Holland. I think that now. Yeah. Um, but we started this together. We've always done it together, and we always do it together. Yeah. Um, so every idea you see is. Uh, something of him, something of me. Um, I, uh, to be honest, I didn't start this. We didn't start this when we were breakfast. We started when I was purple and he was brown. Oh so wow! It's five years ago now. Yeah. We started very, very small group, and then we always had this idea of building something. Like you visited the gym, building something like this. Although this is another end station, I would say. Uh, I would after four or five years, we're gonna do something way bigger, bigger way way better. Oh my even God. better and try to make it even more nicer and that's the mindset right why, yeah, why, yeah. why are you not satisfied with what you had because honestly this is in one of the most beautiful gyms I've ever been in and uh, I've been I've been through now guys if you have the opportunity to visit Combat Brothers please do people here are amazing they're killers all of them and the place looks awesome it looks awesome you come here and it's it's beautiful the tatami it feels like a gym you know yeah. it feels like oh wait people don't fuck around here shit <laughs> yeah, th- thank you thank you the the reason i would say not i'm not unsatisfied i'm just eager to do better you know always in progress i don't see that's with jiu-jitsu as well the moment i say this is good or this is enough that's the moment i stop with um, progressing right mm. I always tell this to every coach that gives teaches class here. The moment we think we, we know it is the moment we stop learning. Uh-huh. This is something I never would want to say, never would say. I would always say there's always room to do better. Always. Doesn't matter what it is, even if we are the best, yeah. there's always room to do better. And we don't stop until we're dead. We're done. Perfect. We go away. Perfect, 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 perfect. Do, do you think that, that this mentality, did you always have it or did it come with time? I think it grew, but I think I always had it in me to to not be satisfied with this kind of stuff. 
I think in the beginning it was less like it was just it just happened like yeah. at the gym and then it started rolling but after that when it got more serious I would say um, the, the motivation grew and then you, you start becoming oh looking how can I do better how can I do better and then you, you, you you're successful but still like something in me always is like this can be done better how I teach can be done better how we train can be done better my fighter could do better. His fighter, uh, the, the, the world sport, whatever it is, we can always do things better that is within our, our own hands. So we cannot control the external stuff. But the things that are in our reach, we yeah. should thrive yeah. to, to really get it up there, to get it to the best possible outcome and then leave it there for the next generation to push yeah. it even further yeah until we're gone until we're gone, until we we're gone. And, then, and then it's for somebody else to <laughs> pick up the <laughs> pick up the hammer and keep working i i agree with that i agree with that a hundred percent it's um when we go back to your you said you were a coach i have a couple of things that i'm as a coach myself i have doubts with and i'm um how do you keep up with every way of teaching because I I find myself stuck in the following situation where I overthink it of course I'm overthinking in this is like how weird is it that I can pass on information to another human being like it's already difficult to communicate with them talking like to have an idea of how somebody thinks and talks that I can pass the message that's in my brain to somebody else how much more difficult is it to only do it with movement because it's insane if you think about it. If we, le- we, we literally go into a gym, we sit down, and I explain to you that lying on a person in a specific way makes it unable for them to move. Do you have any kind of, let's say, like this tips or ideas where you go like, well, this is the way I teach, and it seems to stick, stick on people or get stuck on in their heads? This is a very, very interesting topic mm-hmm. for yeah. me, from yeah. a coaching perspective. Yeah. Something I think I would never figure out yeah see so, you know, even if i think i do it right i still am never not satisfied so i think this is one of the hardest parts of teaching jiu-jitsu or mma or whatever it is mm-hmm. is you have a class you have like 20 people in it 30 yeah. people maybe 50 maybe 10 amen all different levels yeah and you teach something the the question becomes how how can i maximize the learning curve of each individual right yes and this is this is, in my opinion, really, really, really challenging. If you look at, if I think I taught a class yesterday, right? I'm mm-hmm. like, I do my best, but still, like you, yeah, you wonder how can I do even more better? Mm-hmm. Man, this this guy doesn't like to lay this way. This guy doesn't like to pass that guard, but that guy does, and that girl does like this. There are too many variables. Yeah, that make it that make it in my opinion very hard um, I think the key at least to 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 to, to cope with that is uh, to, to answer your question is I don't know that's the first thing yeah I will I don't know I hope I will figure it out one day how to teach it the best for a group of people with all the kind of different skills um, but I think is the key is to make it as simple as possible um, to, to keep um, I try to teach concepts as well, frameworks where people yeah. can work with. I don't try to teach like a certain, just a technique. Of course, the concept, uh, if you boil it down, it becomes, uh, we have different areas of techniques. 
Mm. Even if I teach the technique, I try to teach the concept behind it in order to, even if they never will, let's say they're never going to use that pass or the, the, the submission, I hope they will at least try to understand what's happening and try to um, understand the concept, the, the principle behind it, and then try to um, make that applicable in other areas of their jiu-jitsu game. Mm. But that's still so hard because you just have one hour, one and a half hour. The guy comes once a week. The other guy can't train six times a week, but he misses your class on day Monday, whatever it is. And this is what really it annoys me a little bit. That I, it's I, like I, you cannot figure this out, man. <laughs> How hard can it be? <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. There's some students that I have. It's like they you can explain it to them in words as many times as you want to. And they'll look at you like you're explaining advanced mathematics in some kind of way or that you're they're completely lost like yeah. open mouth staring at you a little bit of drool <laughs> uh, you see that their brain is somewhere somewhere else completely but once they do it they feel it they kind of do it immediately they're like oh this is it yeah and the worst part about jiu-jitsu is if we we have to teach concepts and i'm, I'm getting closer to that every single time because the other option is to teach only techniques and they are applicable only in specific situations. Yeah. And the, 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 the other problem is jiu-jitsu, teaching jiu-jitsu is teaching a bunch of different steps for a bunch of different situations. So if we teach a pass from half guard, A, we have to first be in half guard and B, we, we, the person has to react in the way we want to. And yeah. then you have to explain everything around it. So that's why it also, let's say, it fucks with my brain because I'm like, hey man, never like this one class is never going to be enough to explain everything. And I went, my whole jiu-jitsu career, I went into a deep dive into half guard. It's always been that. That attracted me. That's the one thing I always do. And I, want, I'm, I get all the other things around it, but that's my, my baby. Let's yeah. say it like that. And then I'm like, there is so much. There's like 12 years of me doing this shit yeah. <laughs> to pass on to you guys. Yeah. And people say, like, can I do this? I said, you can do whatever the hell you want if it works. <laughs> then a white exactly. dog, hey, but I do it this way. I said, awesome, keep doing it. <laughs> but is it right? He said, I don't know, does it work? Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a thing, man. It's a thing to, 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 to get into your brain. Like, how do I pass on information to other people? This is, if I may yes, say sure. something, it's, it's also about how people learn the best for themselves some people are visually oriented some people they want to hear things um, so it's that's the external factor you cannot you can try to do communicate talk a lot yeah. and talk for 15 minutes about technique or talk for one minute and just show it a couple times mm. it's it's very you cannot influence on how they what they're learning um, program is right yeah. and I think besides the, that is also how you structure a class is something I'm very interested in so mm -hmm. the warming up the drilling sparring how much you're gonna do positional sparring if you have an hour if you have one and a half hour two hours 45 mm -hmm. minutes uh, I think those all those things combined they make it so 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 hard to teach jiu-jitsu yeah. and it's also another thing well if, if we're going to structure of a class um, where in Brazil, it's always an hour and a half yeah. because you do an hour of class and half an hour of fighting afterwards, yeah. right? Of sparring, and it's it's one of the only sports that I know where we spar every single day, no matter what. Yeah. Like it's like that's part of the class. Yeah. Like uh, and 
the more I trained with higher ups or people that have been doing it for a longer mm-hmm. time, the less warm up there was. <laughs> like uh, until a certain point where it's like zero warm up. The warm up yeah. we have, and I, I tried to take this culture back into my gym, is like warm up is flow roll. It's like, okay, guys, let's start the class, grab a partner, start flow rolling. See you guys in 10 minutes. <laughs> like, get warm, move around, do everything you can. And then we start going to drills, then we start going into things. How do you, how do you structure the class? Well, that's, a, that's an interesting part of warm up. For me, what never made sense, and mm-hmm. I hope someone can come up with the argument because I'm open to, to learn or maybe my view is wrong. It never made sense to get warm. Yeah. Okay, whatever warm up you do, some people they deadlift people, right? And then they push you up and then they're hardcore warming up. Some people just like drill or do hip escapes. You warm up and then you sit for 10 minutes, listen to someone explain your technique, you cool down. You have to drill very, probably you start out slowly, maybe build it up. And if you're advanced, you, you can go faster. So we warm up, we cool down, we stay like between cool and warm, depending on the drill. And then we have to spar. Yeah, it's there's absolutely no build up in that. So, I I thought for myself how could for me it makes sense to build up, right? So imagine your heart rate starts low and then at sparring it's high. We need to build that up before sparring. So I thought I skip warm up in the advanced class as well. Nothing in, in, in our levels class. I do I do a warm up, but I do a warm up based on what. What we're going to show that week, uh, yeah. uh, we have a, at Commonwealth, we, we use a, like a curriculum. We do uh, every month there is a certain topic yeah. and we try to uh, do two weeks, for example, top half guard, two weeks, bottom half guard. Yeah. So we have two weeks, uh, actually four weeks of the same position and then two weeks we dive onto the top position, two weeks we dive on the bottom position. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah. let's say I'm in week three, we do bottom half guard and I'm going to uh, show uh, a sweep from the underhook. Yeah. Then my warm up would not be uh, okay, guys. Let's run around uh, knees high and the sprinting, blah blah. I would just okay, grab the half guard position, keep your frames, push the guy away, catch the underhook, go deep. That's it. Just mm. get a bit of feel of the position, and then I'll show the technique. Then I I always tell them uh, try to do active drilling. That's something I call. It. So first it's gonna be status like. Statis in Netherlands. Yeah. Yes, uh, uh, like static. Static. It's quite static, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you just do step one, two, three. Yeah. For the advanced guys, they, they, they go faster, boom, boom, boom. But then I want them to active drill. So with a little bit more resistance. And that's the moment the heart rate goes up. So we start very slow. Yeah. We do a slow drilling. Then we do active drilling. We try to build it up. And then positional sparring and then sparring. So I have a... Makes sense for myself. I, I hope for others as well. Yeah. And if not, I would like always open to learn. But for me, like at the moment you start active drilling, you're getting like, people are sweating, they're and breathing, and they're like, okay, guys, let's push the tempo up. Still room to drill the technique, still no sparring, but there is a little bit of resistance. So you try to deal with the. With and that the, gets your heart rate up, and that, it makes a lot more sense. And the technique is being drilled a bit more under pressure not like okay I do catch my underhook uh, you mm. like this no it's gonna post oh shit I need yeah, to do something else ah, I need to deal with this I come up again whatever it is so I try to make people think as well like think for yourself what's happening troubleshoot etc so that's the curriculum of the class I'm said I always like for but this is hard with beginners 
So, and that's what I was going to ask too. I mean, what do you do in the case of beginners? There we do uh, uh, solo and duo drills to warm up, to get people, uh, uh, not to get them like sweat like crazy within the first 10 minutes, but to get them a feel about the movement in jiu-jitsu. So it could be hip escapes, grab um, whatever it is, like break fast, doubles, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or we do a very simple duo drill where I take a little bit more time to explain it. But I try to make the build up the same. I don't want them to get like go all out in the warm up. I want them to do when they're rolling, then they can go all out. But yeah, ah, I get it. But it's harder. It's I, harder. I'm it's, honest. It's, a, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's something. It, it, it's because I was, I was noticing a couple of things that's happening. And with Jiu Jitsu, it's a little bit this thing. When, if I get somebody new into doing something new and it doesn't fit them, and, and I kind of grew up with the idea like, this is for everybody. Mm-hmm. And the older I get, I'm like, this isn't for everybody. This isn't like the amount that we do and how we do it and like living it the way we live it. That's a choice. You have to live that choice. It's a worldview almost, if you were. And But how do I get people interested? Because I do not think that there is something bad in doing this sport. I think it's actually very beneficial to do it. And that is, but then I have to get people across that threshold, across that like in, an introduction to it. Then a lot of people see like, this is too much. This isn't my Sunday morning football team. Yeah. This isn't my, you know, my uh, get a beer, have a Sunday morning football session, and then I sport it for the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that. It's it's a lot more than that. And how do I get people over to that? And once they see how much technique and things there are, a lot of them go like, yeah, you know what? It's going to take way too long before I understand this. I said, but, yeah, but that's the beauty of it. You're not going to yeah. understand this. I mean, you're yeah. going to die and there's still going to be things that we're going to start inventing in this yeah, point, yeah, you yeah, know? Cool. So <coughs> how do you get people... Do, do you know that, that... Did you ever have to do that or did the people already come wanting to, to learn? But did you ever have a moment where you're like, okay, I need to get this person to love this community or I need to... I want them to at least understand what the community is, what the group is, what the training is and the whole thing. Because that's another wonderful part of Jiu-Jitsu. It's, it's a different kind of people. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's most, most if not all, are extremely cool and, <clears throat> and amazing people to hang around with. Yeah. And there's not, I'm not going to talk shit about other sports, but let's say that people here are intelligent or feel more intelligent. Mm-hmm. And if, if we get, they, they, they're, they're more they'll come from more walks of life yeah. than other sports where it's a little bit more specific if you're a boxer you usually have a little bit the same background as all the other boxers and here in jiu-jitsu you could be rolling with somebody that is a doctor or somebody that is just 100% jiu-jitsu athlete doesn't yeah. matter and that's the question that I have so if I surmise the question it's how do you get the person to do the first step and actually be interested and realize how valuable a tool this is in your life I think this is where you jump to the a uh, bit more to the business side of running the gym. Yeah. In my opinion, if let's say you have someone that never trained the jiu-jitsu, the barrier is pretty high, right? Yeah. For them to step into the gym to do a trial class and then see everyone in the pajamas, and mm-hmm. like yeah. watch what the fuck are we doing what here? The, this kind of weird karate they do here. <laughs> I think the the goal is to bring that barrier lower. So the barrier is pretty high for someone might be interested, heard about jiu-jitsu or MMA, whatever it is. I think you can um, tackle this with um, 
with how you run the gym. So for a, if I give an example, how your website looks. This is something very, very, in my opinion, really important. Yeah. For some people, it might not be. If I if I'm interested in jiu-jitsu, I Google jiu-jitsu breakdown. Pop, pop, pop. Yeah. I go to a website. I see like a screaming gorilla, someone ripping the gi off, <laughs> and then the black, only black colors, everything and black and red and bleeding. Ooh, I'm and like, okay, this doesn't really invite me to go, right? Yeah. But if I go to a website which is a bit more nicer, like you have a video about how the class looks, you know, you see the gym, that it has nice colors, you see people smiling. Yeah. Then I already have a different view about the gym and the sport. Yeah. And then it would trigger me a little bit more to come and if it make it easy to like oh I can book a trial class oh, I get all the information I need and then if you walk those past those doors and you get greeted with a smile and the instructors come to you hey man good to have you mm. and then the class starts you say hey guys we have a trial class sir, today um, his name is Peter Puck whatever mm -hmm. it is please take care of him try to give him something about jiu-jitsu and the class ends you walk to the guy you say thank you for coming man hope you enjoyed it hope you enjoyed it and you tr try to make him feel like comfortable because for them we train we train we doesn't matter where we go we just uh, put the gear on roll or whatever mm -hmm. happens happens for them it's a very very big step to step on the mat yeah. put the white belt on like tight like, <laughs> uh, vertically you know <laughs> then just like and then when you survive i think you have to like hey man very good you're, job you're thank good, you for good. coming yeah make him feel welcome and then have any questions you know take care try to make sure that your members as well take care of him like they don't, don't try yeah. to kill him the first day you know, it doesn't make sense to to rip his head off yeah. then hopefully they will see something out of jiu-jitsu right? they will say, ah this this was pretty cool we did some stuff and i always be honest to them like today we're gonna just do one position one technique one concept you're never gonna learn i hope you learn like a little bit something <laughs> or at least try to understand but you know this is just like nothing compared to jiu-jitsu overall but try to get a grasp of the atmosphere try to get a grasp of how the class is how i am as a teacher how the other members are yeah if that's good i think that's then you found your spot to to keep training beautiful good but that you you did say at the beginning like this is a little bit more of a business aspect but mm -hmm. the more you talked about it like that's the more the, the human aspect like if somebody comes into your house you're gonna treat them that way and it's a shame that a lot of gyms don't do that. They're like, ah, newbie, go, lie down, here, yeah. war, sparring, <laughs> first day. <laughs> that's, that's, in my opinion, how you, how you are as a human is very, yeah. that's, uh, you're right in that sense. Because how I am as a human is yeah. impacting how I run my business. Beautiful. So how me and Rainier are yeah. is impacting how we run Comet Brothers. If I was like, let's say I was egocentric, I just want to train jiu-jitsu you I just want to kill everyone that steps on the mat then it wouldn't be like that yeah. we are we just our goal is spread the love of jiu-jitsu MMA kickboxing whatever it is and mm. make people feel welcome that they don't have to be scared to get their arm broken on the first day or get squeezed to death so there is definitely human aspect it, but we translate it to business so we we really try to uh, uh, we build a framework like okay this is how we run it um this is very important for us the core values the, the atmosphere our coaches mm. everyone has to work everyone has to see that you know yeah. and me as a person as well how i talk to people is really important because i'm the owner i'm one of the coaches um that's how that's how we're gonna run the business so yeah. 
definitely in a human aspect, very good point, but eventually it translates to how we're in the business. It, it, it makes us decide which color the mats is going to be, how the gym looks, yeah. uh, how we're going to talk to people in class. That's uh, amazing. And, and you can definitely see once you walk in here that it is a labor of love. Like yeah, it's a pure, it's purely a labor of love, but that also shows like how well you can you can if you set up a business, it doesn't have to be cold and hard. You can have something that is uh, this. How important is it for? Well, of course, the the answer is very important. But what would you say is the most important things if you're setting this up as a business for yourself? I mean, if you're if somebody is out there and they're gonna go like I'm gonna start for myself, yeah. and you're like, yo, yo I know you want to start, but Think about the following things. It's not all roses and, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know? I would, I would say, like, try to... Um, in, in, in principle things. Oh, whatever answer, your answer is perfect, but what I'm, I'm trying to get to as like, specific a question as possible. And sometimes it's hard for me because yeah. there's so much, but the principle core of, like, if you do this, <clears throat> consider the following principles that you need to have if you want to be success, successful in a gym that has a, the same vibe as you have. Yeah, this is, I don't know if there's one answer I could give, but definitely have a like the open mindset and try to learn. Look, there are very good examples out of here mm. in the jiu-jitsu community and the MMA community. There are some bad examples, but there are very good examples as well. Go to gyms, watch the website, see how you do, uh, try to learn a thing or two about uh, businesses, try to, Visual, really be honest about yourself what you want to do what do you really want with the gym because yeah. I know a lot of people that know how to do jiu-jitsu yeah. we know all yeah. how to do jiu-jitsu but that's I would say the, the, the knowing the jiu-jitsu is the easiest I would not say it's the easy part because it takes a lot yeah. of time to understand it but besides that man how you communicate with people how you want to market yourself to the outside world yeah that's something you that's a skill you can learn and think about but you should spend some uh, time on that don't just go like i open a gym i put my uh, uh we have uh, classes four days a week we just mm -hmm. roll and then put a timetable on your website that's <laughs> nobody can find only your <laughs> friends when you send them a direct mm -hmm. link yeah. In the hope that you will attract members. No, you gotta do some marketing stuff, you gotta do some business stuff, and you gotta do the, when someone walks in, the human stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. So I find it very hard to give just like uh, one answer. Just one answer or just a couple of principles. Yeah. It's a lot of things that come, that, come to, uh, that come to life. But for us, if I talk for myself and Rainier, yeah. we always did this out of love. We always did this because we wanted to spread. The, the love of martial arts spread the love of MMA spread the love of jiu-jitsu meet people I'm, I met you through yeah. the sport right I there think you you're a good human so I'm happy <laughs> with meeting you hey I'm a black belt of course I'm a good human exactly it's <laughs> your identity you're a black belt <laughs> <laughs> good one good one uh, so I see it brought me a lot it brought Rainier a lot yeah. so we, we the, our goal is to Train hard, be the best, try to figure out what's the best way to build people up in jiu-jitsu, but also, you know, a little bit of the human, uh, their own development. Everything done out of love. Of course, there's some business decision yeah, I got to make. We got to invest in this, cost me a lot of money, cost them a lot of money. Uh, we have to you run into some problems, but that's all good. We, we really did this 
And what was what was always been since the day we started, we did this out of love. Two friends, yeah, loving yeah. loving jiu-jitsu, loving MMA, and that's still our core business because you have to watch out when you get too much to the business side. You know, don't get too commercial. Yeah, thinking about the money, uh, and I think we are in that sense a little bit lucky. It it has to stay like a family business, right? Yes. Let's say it like that. Let's call it like that's a small family yeah. business kind of thing. But the good thing is, so to to. I don't know if we were already alive then, but we were never in it for the money because we were not dependent solely on the gym. So it gave us room to put a lot, a lot of love in this. Do you know what? I'm, if we were dependent, if we just started gym and we just wanted to do business, yeah. But we had other sides out of jiu-jitsu as well. Mm. I was studying back then when he had his own uh, physiotherapy yeah. uh, practice. So we were doing also other things besides jiu-jitsu and this was our love thing and now it became a little bit business but always stayed the that, love this is the love thing this yeah. is the thing you did out of love and that is that is it if you want to have something good settle down and like it's 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 more than a hobby i can't call it a hobby no no, no, a hobby. no it's not a hobby it's it's literally something that also defines you in life i guess and that gets to the point where you're going to go like no i need to share this yeah. It has done so much good for me. I have to pass it on so that it does as much good to the next one. I believe that that is, that is of course, because we, we, we will keep training until we, uh, because we love doing it. <laughs> That's the yeah. way. But we want to other people to love the same shit we love. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. I get, <laughs> I get that. Uh, if you were not doing this, what would you be doing instead? If like if there was no Combat Brothers, if there was no MMA, if there was no kickboxing, could you imagine yourself doing something completely different? Is there something that would attract you in a way? I, I think it would go to the... I always liked studying, so maybe I would become like a... I would say not a nerd, but doing some <laughs> like PhD stuff. I did. Yeah? Uh, I studied quite a lot and... Maybe I would go that route, but I, I would not imagine what I would else would do. Maybe get a job on the side and find some other hobbies. Mm. But for me, it's very hard to imagine because this has been my life since I was 15, 16. I get it. So always, when, when I was 18, I said always like, one day I, need, I want to have my own gym. Well, I even sucked at jiu-jitsu. I was like, I love this shit. <laughs> I need to have it. But and I, I find it very, very difficult to answer. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's something that we usually don't think about. I mean, if you find your path and you find your way, there's no going like, what would I do if I didn't have this? Like The answer doesn't come easily or doesn't come at all. And I think that's also a sign of... Uh, that's usually what I ask people because it, it, to me, it's also a sign of, yo, I'm not on the right path. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. Like, I found a purpose. Where I found a purpose, you know? Yeah. You can have a couple... But that's a beautiful idea, man. That's a beautiful idea. How is it to to now that you have this, now that you're growing? Um, we talked about how it is with teaching beginners, that it has like you have a couple of things that you do and everything like that. But you also have the literal opposite of a beginner when you are coaching Rainier. The little what? A, the literal opposite of a yeah. beginner. It's like completely the other side. This is a well merited credited and uh, uh, athlete like a pro athlete when you start with a beginner do you see that pro athlete possibility in them 
or does it develop over time or is it something that gets you by surprise every single time like i didn't <clears throat> expect you to get there no i would say i cannot tell at the first day but eventually when people train for quite a while i can tell you could come really far yeah you can you can have that and it's more it's not only about how they do uh, how well they do certain techniques or whatever it's how, how 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 they are as athletes i would say yeah you know how, how are they developing themselves are they learning or, or just putting on the glass and just bang the shit out of each other yeah so a uh, really beginner first day is very hard to say some people they move really well in the mm. first week and i always said like you move pretty well did you train before no, no. okay that's looking pretty good but i don't know if they're gonna become yeah because there's way more things that are important when you want to become the, the a serious athlete right yeah so if they train a little while i could guess estimate whether i'm right or wrong i don't know whether they would become successful or not yeah. but my opinion there doesn't really matter and there's way more factors there yeah and i think the most of the things are in the hands of the athlete himself yeah. and what do you think distinguishes them what distinguishes a pro athlete and then a top level athlete compared to somebody that just is really good maybe has an interest in doing it wants to be it but there's because i there, there's something different about brains in their cases you know it's something different about coaches brains about students brains and about athlete brains mm -hmm. you know it, it's like there's something there and uh, i'd say what i want to ask is like uh, uh, do you notice it do you notice how they think or do they act yes i try to learn this <laughs> this is very uh, interesting thing for me from my coaching perspective i always it's very hard to to get to know what the guys are thinking we if we they let's say they strike they do a move they do it on the ground we can see what they are doing with the body but we don't really know what they think hmm. out in on the mat but also outside the mat and this is i think the only way to to get to know this is to talk with people yeah i walked to them i was like so for example i see a guy i see him looking like like angry after each one i tell them what are you thinking yeah you were looking angry to me am i right yeah and if they are honest, or maybe I've seen it wrong, that happens as well. You know, I'm just a human. And then, yeah, I was angry. I said, why? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. No, no, nothing works out. I get countered all the time. Ah, I said, okay, that may, that that gesture. So, ah, what what does not work out? Yeah, I don't know. I get hit too much. Okay, then I. This is a very simple example. But there are way more things like. Mm -hmm. I would say some people but you feel it in your let's say it like this you feel it in your guts it's like yeah, but, ah, i should ask something or... but i have to know them so uh, oh, okay. the guys that train there i i've seen them a couple times uh, for a couple times like months years you know and i know what their body language does but this is only observing and me I, i'm like i see them doing this i saw it last week as well hmm there's something there, up. there should be something and i can I can't just tell what's happening because of the body language. I have to ask him, what did you think? What happened in your mind? Yeah. And this way I can start really learning who they are. Because, and this is the difficult part about coaching. You have like 10 people on the mat. They are all 10 different. Yeah. One gets angry. One gets sad. One cries. One, one becomes a superhuman after they're doing the same thing, for example. Yeah. So you have to 
you have to find the triggers and the only thing I'm not a psychologist or like a specialized in reading humans I'm just a guy that's but you end up having to become one a little bit huh? like people yeah. people walk in here with everything and they well look up to you of yeah. course they, your coach and your black belt <laughs> <laughs> exactly. and yeah you set up something I mean you're you're if you if you want or not you work yourself up into being an example and a, and a, yeah. uh, to other people I mean you end up having to be a psychologist and all these things as well you know yeah that's doctor true. <laughs> like ah i hurt my yeah. shoulder what should i do yeah, what I should I know, man? <laughs> i'm not a doctor man go go <laughs> to the hospital yeah but that's true you have to do you, you are a little bit of a lot of things so i would say a trainer is someone that teaches mm -hmm. a class but a coach is a bit more than that the coach is someone that, that talks that that also off the mat you spend time on thinking about your guys yeah it's something that uh, yeah. you spend a lot of time when you go home you got like your, your brain you're like as much as possible you know this you is my know. this is something i find for myself i've i didn't choose the athlete route didn't want it mm. coach, that's where my heart lies to help other people and But, i do my best as i can within my mm. within my reach you know is, is there a reason because i asked this question because i myself am on the split road where I'm right now is like I, I have competed a lot and now I'm co coaching currently and it doesn't feel like I can do both at the same time effectively and I wouldn't want to do one uh, like both and then suck at both you know and and that's where I lie right now so maybe help me in my choice should I say in in a way or have me more perspective in my choice uh, why did you choose not to go the athlete way But did you choose to go the coach way? Was it was it a specific choice or was it always? Was it definitely a specific choice? Mm -hmm. I made that like in basically five years ago, and I'm still standing behind that. I was young. I did some competition, uh, did some MMA fights, mm -hmm. but I never, I didn't really feel that desire to become the number one. You know, to really go mm -hmm. out and kill everyone. I had fun. I did pretty well in, the, in the, here in Holland and the Belgium some tournaments. But I was like, doesn't matter for me if I'm getting the gold or if I win or, you know, I love the training though, don't get me wrong. And then the, we started the gym. Yeah. And it, something, it was a little bit of natural flow. And then definitely I did set for myself, I'm not going to care about myself, I'm going to take care of other people. This gives me a really... Uh, a lot of satisfaction. This gives me a lot of love. If I help people... Yeah. they succeed that feels different then That's I'm the happiest man alive you know if I if my guys go no no gold medal gets up to that whether even if we lose we don't do that a lot but even <laughs> if we lose <laughs> I, I I if I know we did everything we can if I made if I try to make him a better fighter better human I mean, we had a We had a good experience I'm fucking happy and if we win and if we got success then I'm even way more happier right and this is this is something that really stuck with me since then so and it, it started rolling and now definitely since like the bef just before Corona I started picking up that role a bit more I was like I really need to develop myself I'm a young guy people so I still had to train yeah I still train a lot but I had to prioritize others first this is something that was a bit hard for me during the training because you're losing out on training yes and I love training a little bit too much <laughs> to lose out on training but then I, I made that choice for myself okay if I want to help others I need to make sacrifices I need to spend time do I really want to do this yes 
and then the bar started rolling and now since like two three years i'm really trying to learn the only thing i know is that i don't know i'm i'm human i try to to do the stuff beautiful and, and th so that's how the ball started rolling yeah and still up until today's day i'm uh, i'm happy with that decision it's amazing i i'm still stuck on both and i see competitions come by and i'm like oh, i'm gonna have to teach the whole week i'm getting older yeah. everything hurts and stuff like that and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go for it i'm not so let me ask you one of the um, last questions man we talked almost for an hour already it's been it's fast cool. it went fast it went fast um the question i have and this is just to summarize everything um <coughs> what's the what's the message you want to give to people that are listening to this and i used to say what is the message you want to bring to young men because as an example of like you you have your business your family doing this that work on on the side uh, um you're consistently busy consistently striving And I feel like a role, you're a good role model for me to indicate to people like, yo, if you're not okay, or if you're not, if you're a little bit lost, go to Jiu-Jitsu here at Combat Brothers. That's A, you're working out. B, you have role models around you that are doing the work, like uh, doing, doing, doing amazingly. Um, but now I changed it to people because, I mean, everybody could benefit of like watching you and everything you built and everything you worked with. Yeah. Plus, again, I'm trying to unite the whole community of Jiu-Jitsu. I'm insane. And <laughs> it's an insane project, but it will happen eventually. <laughs> That's a very good project. Yeah. Imagine one day a really big open mat in the oh, stadium. Uh, would be lovely. A really big one. Oh, my God. I'd love it. I'd love it. And a barbecue afterwards because, hey, I'm a fat ass at heart. <laughs> I'm a fat ass at heart. If, Same there's, here, no, <laughs> if there's no food, I don't know what I'm going to do there. <laughs> what, do you, what is the last message you want to give? like this uh, if we were to summarize everything last message mm -hmm. if we talk about jiu-jitsu specific I would say put your heart and soul into it but don't forget the other aspects of life mm. Ooh, that's a beautiful one and that's one a very important one it's a tool it's a part of something it's a part of the greater whole it's not everything it's a part of can be everything for you man but there's way more in life than you can imagine and th that should deserve some attention as well definitely that's amazing and, uh, that's uh, amazing and if you look at that in the whole fucking universe we're just a tiny little tiny speck. something right yeah and uh, jujutsu is only a aspect of it yeah just a little side of it just a little dust on that dust yes beautiful My brother, thank you so much for this podcast. Thank you so much for uh, having me, for wanting to sit down, taking some time and uh, doing this. No problem. And I'm, I'm 100% sure this will be an amazing success and it will help. If it helps one person out there, if you feel better by hearing this, if you get motivated by hearing this, send Harun a message or send me a message and I'll get it to him. And that's uh, that makes it all worth it, ladies and gentlemen. Definitely. If someone has any questions or whatever, I can help you out. Just let me know. Thank you very much, my brother. Thank you.